Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 194. Gold Diggers, I have been dying to have this guest on the show since the very beginning. She's bold and authentic and beautiful and confident and brilliant. And today she is here. Gold Diggers, you probably already know and adore her, but I cannot wait to officially introduce you to Iskra Lawrence. Now, Iskra is a British model represented by JAG Models and Models One, and she is a champion for believing that everybody is beautiful. And she is filled with just this beauty and confidence that encourages other people to shine with their own. And her commitment is all about shaping the image of women in the media and how Having been told that she was both too big for straight size modeling and not big enough for plus size modeling, she has forged her own way. And today you get to hear that entire story. Now, seeing her honored in BBC's Women's 100 Most Influential Women was one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. And as a fellow Airy, Airy Real role model, I've joined forces with Iskra to promote unretouched intimates, loungewear, and swim campaigns to speak all about body positivity. In addition to Ari, Iskra also serves as a brand ambassador for the National Eating Disorders Association, and she has created the Nita Inspires Award and is working to generate awareness and support for individuals and families affected by eating disorders. Safe to say this woman has made a true name for herself and in an industry where she was told no so many times. In this episode, Iskra is going to teach you how to carve your own path, how to find confidence during the the darkest days and how to really pave your own way, even when the world is telling you no. Before we dive on in, I want to share this week's review of the week. This is from Colleen Christ, and it's titled Pep Talk from a Girlfriend. She says, I have this podcast playing almost every day. Listening to Jenna is like getting a pep talk from a girlfriend bonus. She gives the best business advice. I'm devouring these episodes so fast. I'm actually worried about when I get caught up and I have to wait for the new ones. Keep it up, Jenna. Thank you so much, Colleen. 
I love reading your reviews and it really helps me to share them with the world and to share this show and incredible people like Iskra. And so if today's episode touches you, would you just take a second and leave a review? I know it sounds so simple and guess what? It is. Uh, But it really, really, really keeps this gold digger movement moving forward. And so without further ado, I am just so honored and excited to introduce this airy real role model and a sweet friend of mine who I just got to hang out with in Chicago. Ready, guys? It's Iskra. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to my friends at Aerie for supporting this extra special Aerie Real Role Model episode of Gold Digger. Aerie is a lifestyle brand that makes all of your favorite feel-good intimates, apparel, activewear, and swim. With the Aerie Real movement, Aerie celebrates its community by advocating for body positivity and empowering everyone to love their real selves inside and out. Retouching free since 2014, visit Aerie.com to learn more. Major shout out to Talkspace for supporting Gold Digger. Talkspace is an amazing platform that offers online therapy from a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Gold Digger and use the code Gold Digger to get $45 off of your first month. You guys, this is my soul sister. I am so thrilled and honored and just so excited that Iskra Lawrence is on the podcast today. Thank you for being here, girl. I'm so excited. Finally, we make this happen. I know. And we were just together in Chicago. And every time I'm with her, I just feel this total permission to be confident and excited. And you just bring out something so magical in people. And just getting to watch your fans meet you, it is insane the amount of connection that you can create. And we'll we'll dive into all of that good stuff. But first things first, for people who might not know your story, who is Iskra and what do you do today? And how did your path unfold to get you to where you are right now? Okay, right. Let's do this. Let's do it. So I'm 27 now, but I started modeling at 13. Um, I entered L Girl Search for Supermodel. I don't know if any of you remember that back in the day uh, with my mom as like my biggest cheerleader, sending off the first ever pictures. And we had like one of those home fans and we were trying to blow my hair and it was like, the whole thing. I'm up against the wardrobe. It was hysterical. But I actually got through to the finals. Um, So I headed down to London, which is about a two and a half hour, three hour drive from my house, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere in England. It's called Kidderminster. Um, You probably haven't heard of it. Um, (laughs) And so I went down and again, like it's a 
it's great not to win all the time. I, I came in the top seven, I think it was, but I got scouted, um, which means that there was a model scout from a top agency in London there and on the competition day, overseeing, watching how the girls were in front of the camera and you know how they presented themselves and kind of poaching young girls that could potentially be big models. So um, I was very excited because you know, she was an agent who had scouted Kate Moss. So it was a really big deal for me. And I then subsequently ended up going down to London, you know, which takes a lot of time and a lot of investment from my parents um, <laughs> and doing shoots. Um, and then I started doing little runways. And this was all kind of practice because at that point, I'm still too young to actually kind of start earning. Um, and what became prevalent very, very quickly was even though by this time I'd say I was about 14, my body was already too, quote, womanly, mm -hmm. uh, mature, curvy, commercial. These are all the phrases that I started hearing that people were trying to define the way I looked to a 14-year-old which is super, super confusing. And, you know, at the time you're already in high school and figuring things out and, you know, boys are coming into the picture and, you know, your body's changing. You, you know, you obviously started my period by then. So already I was trying to figure out my body um, and how comfortable I, I was with it. So um, it all came to a head, I would say, when I was about 15 and I did this runway show and it was the biggest one I ever did. It was going to be on fashion TV and I was backstage and literally you have to be basically completely butt naked. Like you can maybe wear a tiny little T-string nude thong. That's about all you've got to um, cover your modesty. And you're in front of everybody. You're in front of other models who maybe you look up to, who you think, you know, at the time you're comparing yourself to. And then the stylist, they were handing me options for clothes and outfits that I was going to wear on the catwalk. And I began trying to try them on. And one after one, I'm in the corner like, crap, I can't get these over my knees. Oh, crap, oh. this is not going to fit. What the heck am I going to do? Like, I don't want to tell someone. Like, maybe there's something else. So I kind of asked the stylist and it was almost like he just flipped and out of nowhere. And it's very stressful backstage. You know, they have to make sure everyone gets in the clothes and, you know, it's about to be showtime. He just flipped and was like, oh, you're just too fat to fit in these clothes. What am I going to do? I just don't need this right now. Like, why are you so fat? And, you know, you're 15 and you're naked and everyone turns to look at you. And I can't even explain what that feeling was like. I was just mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, I just want to go into a big black hole. I hate myself. Like I have to change like there's something. And then obviously that was fed back. Um, and then I was going down for measurements and they kept measuring my hips, especially, you know, at the agency and my hips were over 36 inches, like 36 and a half. <laughs> and they had to be 34, especially oh, oh. they told me, you know, at only 15, you know, your hips really shouldn't be that big yet. Um, and so I was dropped and that process of, you know, being sat down at that age and kind of basically been saying, you've had a little tester of this dream, you know, and now it's going to be taken away from you. It was devastating. And they gave me a, a list, a piece of paper, which had about eight or nine different agents on in London. And they said, you should try these agencies, you know, maybe you'll have some luck there. 
I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Not only am I just thinking about the horrible experience and just about the generally being told over and over again that my body wasn't right, I was then, wow, I now have to go to other agencies who might say the same thing and who could potentially make me feel even worse. But I was like, no, go out and escrow. You never know. Maybe someone will, you know, see the other attributes that you have. So, you know, naively, I kind of go along to all the different agencies, you know, around eight, some of them I applied online, but a couple of them I went in. um, And I remember there was a couple of agencies that even had another form, like a piece of paper, that when you went in to meet them, it would have the quality of your teeth, your skin, your you know, all of the, your hair, your nails, and they would rate those things out of 10, like right there and then in front of you on this piece of paper, which, you know, would be your definition of whether you would make it or not. And just seeing those things, like, even like, I remember that my teeth, maybe they got like a six out of 10. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with my teeth? And like, I, you know, just crazy things like that. And um, so I had no luck um, with that. Again, I was very close with one of the agents and then they have to have anonymous voting within agencies a lot of the time. So apparently one of the bookers was just like, no, I don't think she'll make it. So that was it. I went back to the drawing board at like 15, 16. And I was like, what am I going to do? I mean, I even applied to flipping Britain's Next Top Model and didn't get into that. And (laughs) it was really like, okay, humbly, I joined a very local agency. And that's very frowned. It's looked down upon. I mean, they don't get the quality of jobs that the big top, you know, fancy agencies get. But at that point, I just didn't care. I was like, as long as I'm at the weekends trying to do some little modeling gigs, you know, I'm going to be progressing. So I found Model Mayhem, the free online website, and I put myself on there. Um, I started connecting with photographers and being like, please, will you shoot me? I really love modeling. I want to build up my own portfolio. Um, I obviously had a couple of pictures from the agency and from, you know, the, the great photographers in London but they were heavily retouched. Um, And uh, so I started shooting by myself. I started contacting clients. So I started seeing kind of who was shooting for who. I saw that there's a a supermarket called Tesco's and they use models for their packaging. I contacted them directly like, hey, do you need a model? And, you know, maybe some people would get mad because you kind of undercut, you know, the agencies. But at this point, I was like, you know what, I have to do this for myself because no one else is going to. So, yeah, I started shooting, trying to get my own work. Um, And then that went on for a few years. I did a lot of stuff for free. And then I kind of felt really confident again. I was like, you know what, I don't care that my body still doesn't fit the measurements. I was like, you know, I have to keep taking steps and progressing. Um, And I was really enjoying it. So I was kind of, (laughs) I've said this before to you, Jenna, giving myself my own promotions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an industry where um, someone else was going to promote you. You know, you have to go and get that promotion yourself. So um, I remember working with a laundry company and just thinking, you know what, I feel like I'm worth more than... I think at that time it was 110 pounds a day. Um, I was in underwear doing trade shows. So I would be in the lingerie (laughs) and I'd stand there and you're standing there for like nine hours in your underwear. And then you'd have to keep changing if brands wanted to come and see the different styles that maybe they'd buy into store. And I started really taking a lot of 
effort and time into learning about the different styles. I knew the names of the different bras. I knew all the stuff. Um, and so I thought I'm worth more than this. So yeah, I gave myself, you know, the balls to go in and say, actually, I'd like to get paid this much and da da da. Um, so again, anyone, no matter what industry you're in, you got to give yourself those promotions or at least try. And, you know, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. So I then in the circles of my modeling friends heard about plus size modeling. And so I thought, I've never heard about this before. Is this an opportunity to be your own size and just be confident and kind of show that doesn't matter what size you are, you can be beautiful? I thought, this is amazing. <laughs> um, I kind of did start doing my research and I saw how much there was a big booming industry in New York and it was trickling slowly over into Europe. So I went and saw kind of the top agency at the time and immediately they were like, no chance, you're too small. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, 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 this, this can't be happening. I've just dedicated like five or six years to this quest to be a certain size. And what I didn't include just now on my story was how I made that sound like a quick you know, moment from starting to rebuild myself and my career. It really wasn't. Um, after getting dropped and having all that rejection, I took it very personally and I took it as, yeah, me needing to change my body. Um, and obviously the idols that I had within the modeling world became kind of my obsession to want to look like that because I'd actually, I'd been told that I had to look like that to succeed. And when you have someone else's body or set of measurements that you can't attain, but you feel you have to, to be included, to be successful, to do what you love. And I was a very competitive person. I still am, but I was also a perfectionist. I'm a Virgo. Um, and so <laughs> I thought, I just believed, I was like, right, I know I can get down to these measurements. And without knowing, I basically had an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. I would look at myself and I would say at the time I was probably a US four, you know, maybe a six max. No, probably more like a four. And I thought I was huge. I would look at my body parts and I would constantly grab them, try and pull them back. I would constantly measure every part of my body from my upper arms to my calves and write diaries and lists and write down every single calorie and figure everything out and then try and work out or go on the treadmill or do anything I could to be in calorie deficit and with blurry vision do workout classes in the morning before I ate and nearly pass out and all of these things that were so detrimental to my mental and physical health just because that's what I thought the extent I had to go to to make it um so after what four or five years of that then hearing that I was going to be too small I was just are you getting me sorry to swear no. <laughs> I frustrated I had based so much of my worth on my size and felt like I'd failed over and over again so many times and then to feel like I couldn't even get my foot in the door because I was then too small I mean part of you just wants to just give it all up you know part of you is just like well I'm never going to be good enough I'm never going to fit and this ideal you know, should I just stop this? And and instead of using all that energy and passion and I guess anger, I felt like it just needed to change. 
I was like, if this is happening to me, I can't imagine how many other girls are going through this. And also, it's just not okay. And I think that was my calling, my opportunity to think, right, I need to step up. And if no one else is going to change it, then I'm going to try and change it. And so I went to a smaller plus size agency and I and I basically begged them. I said, you know, I know I'm in between. They actually now have like a phrase in betweenies. I mean, I just didn't get <laughs> why everyone needs to be labeled, you know? But um, so I went back and I said, I've got these clients that I've been working with directly. I will bring them to you and let you have 20% of that money just so I can get on your board and potentially start being seen as, you know, someone who is between, you know, a straight and a plus size and just see if we can brand me and market me and see if there's any jobs and opportunities out there. Because I said to them, if I'm the only model that is represented that's this size, surely there's a client somewhere that wants that, that just wants me because I'm, you know, found my finally healthy kind of balance. And I'm representing this size of a woman because all women need representing. Um, And so I ended up, and you know, I, I truly believe that um, niche is the new or you call it niche don't you niche one. <laughs> and so I was like I'm just gonna brand myself on being different on being the only one this size and um, what was really great was that the swimwear and laundry industry was opening up to more diversity they were the first industry to kind of get feedback and a lot of stick for using girls that were too small so there uh, some brands were actively looking for slightly curvier girls that people would want to see and could relate to more in swimwear and lingerie. So I started building this little monopoly, I'd say, just in the UK. It was only a small little industry, but I really focused on the swimwear and lingerie and kind of showing that, you know, I'd been through what I'd been through with my eating disorder and come out the other end and I was super healthy inside and out. And that was a great thing to promote. And so I'd say I did that for about two years with this small agency and now I'm around 20. And so I go back to a really top agency. And this took a lot of balls because it was kind of going back to square one when I was 13 and I was scouted. Uh, Models One is one of the biggest agencies in Europe. And I was terrified, but I thought, you know what? I've really built up this little niche and I feel like I kind of deserve this representation that can take me to the next level. So I went and I met with them and um, she was a very fiery booker, um, very passionate. She kind of wanted to make a name for herself, I would say as well, which was, which was interesting to me because, you know, as long as someone's hungry and passionate, like I'm down to work with you, like, let's just go for it. Um, And so she did, she signed me. So I was like, oh my goodness, full circle. Look at this. Like, (laughs) you know, five years on, I'm back with a top London agency and being repped and I can just be myself and I'm finally just this size and I can have access to all these top tier clients and opportunities and have the best possible representation. And I'm my size now and it's completely on my terms. And that felt like the biggest win for me. And it felt like it was like step one. I was like, right, we're just getting started. Like (laughs) here I am. Um, So that was super, super exciting. And at the time, and this is all going to tie into why I'm here now. At the time, I was developing something called Model Kind. It was the first business I ever started with my best friend, Hannah. Um, I literally drew the logo and we tried to somehow get it electronically on the computer. I mean, this whole thing was completely new. So 
create this brand and company model kind, which we then turned into a charity because knowing so many models for so many years, I knew we were in a very privileged career. You know, we had a wonderful lifestyle. We got to do fun things. And I thought it should be something that we use creatively to try and make a positive impact. So my best friend Hannah recently lost one of her close friends to cervical cancer at only 29 years old because she never went for a smear test. And so we were all then very aware, you know, I started having my smears earlier than I was actually legally allowed in the UK. I had my first smear at 21, 22. And legally, you can't have a smear in the UK until you're 25. Obviously, when I knew of someone who'd lost their life to it, we just felt like this is something we needed to campaign about, remove the stigma about talking about cervical Mm -hmm. cancer and smear tests. So I was like, right, we've got a bunch of models, we know a bunch of photographers, and we work for a lingerie company. Let's do a charity calendar and raise money for this. So it was the first time. And I mean, I didn't even think it was a big deal. I was like, these are just my girlfriends. They're all different shapes, sizes, uh, from different backgrounds. They're just gorgeous girls that I happen to know. Um, So we got ourselves in some underwear and we asked that the lingerie brand would pay for distribution and pay for the costs to print the calendar, which didn't cost that much, but we would be promoting their lingerie, obviously. And so we got all of that through and we managed to sell 5,000 calendars at £10 and we were able to give 100% of the profits to the cervical cancer charity. And while we were making this calendar, the final process was we did all these shoots. And what was awesome was the girls shot either in their, the environment they loved or doing something they loved. So it was trying to redefine that, yes, they're beautiful girls, but they're beautiful because of who they are mm. and what they enjoy and their accomplishments and uh, hobbies and so many different things like that. So I shot, for example, in my kitchen baking um, (laughs) because I love baking and I love eating what I bake Um, (laughs) so every everyone felt like in their element and you know it wasn't just defined by how they looked it was kind of what they're doing and how interesting everyone is but the final step was the photographer coming back to me and saying hey Eskra so I'll be able to get the final images back to you in a couple of weeks I just need to retouch them and something just happened in my head where I was like (laughs) don't retouch my friends. I was like, they're already beautiful just the way they are. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to try and make them better than they are? Like, no. And so it became this kind of, yeah, icky feeling in my stomach where I was like, why would you retouch these beautiful, imperfectly perfect humans that, you know, I don't, I know that's not going to make them any more beautiful or they can't be perfect. That doesn't exist. So that became like this little feeling inside my stomach of like, I need to talk more about this. I need to change this. And it gave me these inner questions and made me rethink of all the times that I'd been retouched Mm -hmm. and how it made me feel. So that became, again, like another passion of mine, another drive to talk about it and make a change. And so put the calendar out there and that was early 2012 to 13. I think it launched in 2013. And then 2014, out came this campaign called Airy Real. (laughs) And 
I only heard about it because one of my friends from when I was 15 doing those shows when I was younger and who did make it as a successful model because I remember she was much slimmer than me and I remember looking at her body and thinking, wow, I would love to be that skinny. And I remember seeing her, you know, healthy and I'd say curvier in this Airy Real campaign that was in America. I was like, wow, they are so on it over there. I was like, they're so forward thinking. And I saw this brand and I saw that they used a couple of models from Jag Models. And I was like, I have to get in touch with them this is my dream. They're not really touching their models. What the heck? Like their models are different sizes. I was like, these girls are all awesome. You can see how confident they are, even though you can see some of their cellulite or stretch marks or, you know, blemishes or whatever it might be. Like they are all beautiful and confident and I love what they're promoting and it's making me feel good about myself. And I was like, that's everything that I believe in. Um, so I found out about JAG. I did my research and they came over and did UK scoutings once a year in September. So I begged my agency. I was like, I have to be included in this scouting trip. I have to meet them. Um, and I did. I met them in the September. And yeah, that must have been 2013. Or is it 2012? My, I'm, my memory is not oh, the one. I'm with um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I met them. And again, the, they, you know, they did tell me the realities that the the plus size market in the US, you know, you had to be a 14. And I was like a 10, 12. But I said, you know, look at what I've carved out here in the UK. I've proved that you don't have to fit into that. I, you know, I've been working on my messaging and my branding. I have something really important that I want to promote and I want to make this change and I want to make this impact over there. I want to be part of this brand airy. I'm obsessed with them. I know all about the campaign. And so they did take a risk on me. And I was, I think, the smallest girl on the board or, or one of the smallest girls on the board um, that they took on. Yeah, that was in the September. In the November, I already had applied for my visa. In the February, I went over to do my like trial. And so I started booking jobs almost immediately. I was there for... I don't know, six weeks, I think. And in that time, I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. I have to make this happen. So I <laughs> I basically kind of broke up with a guy that I was seeing. I left the house that I was very comfortable in. I had, you know, best friends that I lived with. They were incredible. They taught me a lot. I left my parents. Um, I'm an only child. I kind of risked it all. I saved and saved. I saved up $15,000 and I moved to New York knowing absolutely nobody, finding a housemate through a friend on Facebook. She had Facebook. I didn't have Facebook at the time. Um, through her. And we met up in Brooklyn at her hotel. She goes, yeah, you can stay with me. And yeah, we. I remember actually it was funny. Again, I'm kind of going off topic, but it's a funny story because I'd moved, just moved to New York. I got to the hotel before her, but I'd been walking around and I had the worst thigh chafe. <laughs> my legs were on fire. I even had got my heat rash in between my thighs. So I walk into this hotel room and I'm literally legs spread wide open, putting on this cream to try and cool down my thigh chafe. And she walks in, complete stranger who I've decided that I'm going to live with. And she goes, oh my God, give me some of that. My thighs are killing. Um, so it was just this hilarious moment. I was like, okay, clearly we're this good. is, yeah, clearly we're good. You're comfortable. I'm comfortable. Let's do this. We're going to live together and have this adventure. Um, so yeah, that was the beginning of May. And then 
less than six months later, I'd had my casting and I shot the spring summer campaign for Aerie in Miami. Mm. And it was just unreal. And I mean, obviously a lot's happened since then. I mean, it's such a long story. I feel like I might be boring everyone. Um, But yeah, I did one day on that airy set. And I remember thinking it's a five-day shoot. And I was like, I'm not a one-day girl. I'm not not just doing this one day and then you're going to get rid of me. I was like, you're going to see me a lot more. And so again, I just tried to go above and beyond and be very clever about falling in love with the brand so that I could be the best possible model because you know I think some models might just think you turn up and you can you know wear the clothes and you can go home Mm -hmm. I was like no if you really want to fall in love with the brand understand the product understand how it feels at the end of the day as a model you are promoting a brand but there's so much more to it than that you want to be a spokesperson I wanted to figure out how I could bring my own special talents I guess and creativity and passions to this brand to help us both be as successful as we could and so I just saw this huge opportunity and I just loved what they were doing so much I mean why not be obsessed why not think I can do so much more and we can work together to really build this and create this movement and that's what it became I went into stores just off my own back and I was talking to store associates I was wearing the product and I still do 24 (laughs) 7 you know I was asking the store associates how they felt and what they liked about the images and how we could improve that and then at this time it was like the same time as Instagram was coming onto the scene I remember seeing it and then thinking this is I mean at the beginning do you remember what it was like Jenna I was like filters and sunsets and puppy photos and no captions so much food so much food um and no yeah those instagram those old filters i mean just posting dogs constantly i mean which i mean we still love dogs obviously and food and and not really having a clue what it was meant for you know not really realizing there was a purpose to it yet and just kind of feeling like you were just sharing with friends like what you're up to and pretty things and then i remember having the shoot back and it was one of my first shoots in New York and I felt so empowered because I felt sexy I felt hella sexy I was looking at my body and I was like I'm so much thicker than I've ever been but I feel good about it like I could it wasn't retouched I asked to get the raw photos um, and that became something I was very proud of to always post raw photos of myself not retouched or filtered and I posted it up and I just had this moment of just wanting to be very honest and open and wanting to share and yeah, have a bit of a proud moment, I think, with my friends and celebrate how far I'd come with my body that I no longer had my eating disorder. I no longer had body dysmorphia. I just saw my body and felt grateful for it and thought, this is awesome that I'm at this really positive, confident place. And at the time, I only had a couple thousand followers which is still I guess a lot I think as a model because you have those type of photos you just tend to gain more followers and so I posted it up and I and I think it went viral I think that's what (laughs) happened I didn't know what that was at the time but it got a ton of likes and yeah my my following grew and then when the airy campaign came out a few months later there was this one image in particular and I do remember at the beginning seeing it and thinking Oh, and not really understanding why I was feeling like a bit scared for the whole world to see it. 
when obviously there was nothing wrong with it. It was a beautiful image. I was sat down and I was twisting. And the way I was sat, you saw some, like you saw rolls, like very natural little fat rolls. And you saw me twisting and I guess it enhanced that. And I was laughing, I was smiling, I was super confident. And this photo at the time they were using Emma Roberts, who was on American Horror Story. And so before I knew it, I remember going on Twitter and seeing that picture of me and then seeing it posted by one of those quite nasty accounts. And it said, this is the true American horror story. What's wrong with her stomach? And I was like, what? What's happening? And then I saw it being retweeted like 25,000 times. And I was like, oh my goodness. And there was, there was horrible, disgusting comments. There was comments about me like, oh, you're a fat cow. Do you have a disease? What's wrong with your stomach? Have you had a C-section? How many kids has she had? Like all of these comments that was super, super confusing. I was like, what is going on? But then on the flip side, thousands and thousands and thousands of comments like, Thank goodness, finally, an image of a woman who is just natural and feeling confident and looking like everyone else does when they're sat down, <laughs> like <laughs> just simple. And it was just a moment in my head. I was like, wow, have we never seen an image like this in a laundry campaign? I was like, I don't think we have because usually they're highly posed. You know, the models are either sucking in or there's some Photoshop at play and all of these things. And I thought, wow, this is a first. I mean, it shouldn't be. This should just be completely normal and natural. But I was like, I'm so excited. I got so excited. I was like, I want to do more of this. I was like, I want to make more of these images that will make people think twice or question people or even cause controversy and just show the realness and show the, that this is what bodies look like. So that just fired me up again. So this was another viral moment. So you can't plan these. You, you just can't. They just happen and you have no idea what you're doing. And it became a spiral. I became so confident and so ready to like make these stands and be more vocal and feel like this is what you're meant to do online. I was like, you're meant to create these conversations. You're meant to show each other and empower each other and create this community of support. And so I was like, that just was like, right, I know exactly what I'm doing now. Um, and so that is, that is really how I'm here today because there was people who supported me. There was people who said, this is what we want to see, you know, in the industry, in billboards. These are the images that, you know, make us feel good enough. And so I would say the reason I have a successful career is down to the support and the love from all of those people out there, I, you know, followers, consumers who kind of invested in what I was doing and my message and my purpose um, and enabled me and enabled other brands to think that's what they need to do as well. So there was other moments that went viral. Like, I don't know if you ever saw it, but I obviously got fat shamed a lot, especially at the beginning before people understood that it's okay to be this size. It's okay to model at this size, especially being a lingerie model. I got a lot of criticism because most of the time they'd only seen a certain size, a certain look, a certain perfected illusion and a certain fantasy in lingerie campaigns. Um, and they weren't ready for the realness. Um, a lot of people were, but some people and some people still aren't. And so I remember there was this comment and he went in hard. He said that I was the reason that the healthcare system was effed up. Mm -hmm. I was the reason that everyone was getting a diabetes and dying from obesity problems. And, you know, he said I was disgusting and I needed to put down my chips. 
and my McDonald's. And <laughs> as I read this comment, I was on a shoot, a lingerie shoot, and I looked around and I saw that on the snack table, because you generally have a snack table, there was a bunch, like loads and loads and loads of bags of chips. I immediately, without thinking, I didn't plan it. I didn't, you know, whatever. I just picked up these crisps and I was like, hey, to the makeup artist, I was like, will you take a quick video of me? I was like, let's use slow-mo, it'll be funny. So I'm in my underwear and I get these bag of chips and I eat a chip and then I give this guy the finger in (laughs) slow-mo as in like, fuck you, I'm still going to eat my chips and love my life and be proud of this body and everything that I stand for. Um, So I posted up this video Again, not thinking anything, just thinking my friends are going to laugh at it. And it went viral. It had 800 million views in like a week. Um, My followers, I basically went up a million followers in less than a month. Like I literally went from, you know, maybe I was on, I think I was on 70,000. I went up a million followers in less than a month. It was wild. I would just look at my phone and it would go 100,000 new followers. I was like, what? It was like, (laughs) CNN was like, we stand with Iskra model, Iskra this model. I was like, wow, this is wild. And so that was really it. People just thought, yeah, F you. I don't want to be told what I need to eat or how I'm going to look. And it was, I think, one of the first times people had really talked about and discussed trolling and bullying online, um, which, again, is a huge passion of mine and something I'm even still to this day fighting for. And something that my next mission is that I want to reform the Malicious Communications Act in the UK it's really outdated. It's from 1988. How can you possibly have the same laws and jurisdiction when we now have social media? Mm-hmm. Social media didn't exist in 1988. So that's a topic for our next podcast in like <laughs> you know, five, 10 years when I've managed to um, change legislation and laws on that because that's definitely something that needs to be done. And yeah, I think just feeling so empowered. There's nothing more empowering than people validating your your voice and your, your uh, purpose and things that you're fighting for. And then saying, I believe in that too. Like we all support each other. Let's go for this. Like this is what needs to happen. This is how we progress. We stand strongly together. And there has been such a movement for female empowerment. And, you know, Aerie has been a huge part of that and has taught me so much working with Jen Foyle, the CEO, and Stacey McCormick, you know, who's head of marketing and now she's even moved up and she's VP. And there's just so many strong women who have been my mentors and who I've learned from and who have gotten me to this place where anything is possible. I, I Like you were saying, Jen, I'm not just a model. I've not limited myself to just thinking that's all I can be. I can be absolutely bloody anything. And I can go to Congress like I did last year. Now. No, early this year, um, representing the National Eating Disorder Association and be very confident at being able to be vocal and voicing that, you know, I know that I can make change. I know that we all have a power and we can use our voice for good and going out and doing that. And I'm very passionate about letting other people know, regardless of what you do, where you're from, who you are, um, what size of a platform you have, you can make a change um, and you can make a difference and make an impact. And like we said in the real talk on Chicago, mm-hmm. even if it's with your family, your friendship group, like be that positive change that you want to see. Everyone should feel empowered to be able to do that. 
Um, so I, I would like to say that that's probably where I'm at right now. I'm working on so many different things. I especially love using my platforms and I'm going to get back more into my YouTubing and doing my self-care Sundays and working on my everybody platform to promote health and wellness um, for all and for everybody. And so, yeah, working on a bunch of things that I don't do anything that I'm not excited about. Um, I don't do anything that I have any sort of negative energy around. I just step away from it. I've had failures, obviously, you know, I had a lot of no's at the start. I still get some no's and I know that a no just means I've got to be more clever. I've got to think outside the box. I've got to go around the obstacle or jump over it or go underneath it or (laughs) dig it, dig a hole and just, I can get there. I've managed to get here. So the fact that so many people told me no. I mean, even that agency, the first agency that took me on that were in the plus side side, I asked them three times, could you just submit my photos to a New York agency? And they laughed at me. I remember her literally being like, Iskra, don't be silly. Like, you know that we barely took you on. You're never going to be big enough for that industry. And I, and wouldn't even submit my photos. And like, not everyone is going to support you. Not everyone is going to say, sure thing you know just jump on my back and we're gonna you know like it's not like that and I think being real about that is super important especially if you have a successful platform be honest about how hard it was say how many no's you got say how hard you had to work it didn't happen overnight and you know even still I I read the odd thing obviously about myself and it can kind of seem like, oh, you know, she got famous off of Instagram and, you know, this career was handed to her and like, and it was like, hell no. And don't let any no's, don't let any obstacles deter you, you know, let it fuel you, let it be like, bring it on. You know what? I, I know this is what I have to do. I'm willing to put in the work to get there get excited about it. You know, I almost now see no's or if I see something and I'm like, why is someone not doing that? Or why is it not like that? I get excited because I'm like, maybe I can be that change or maybe I can create something or do something to bridge that gap. Or maybe there's someone I know and I'm like, hey, Tiff, go do that. Go be that person. Or like my best friend that I live with at the moment and who's hanging around, I can see her in the background. (laughs) Like, I want her to break so many boundaries. I want her to be, oh my goodness, sorry, she's wearing a panda face mask. Oh my goodness, <laughs> hysterical. She has the biggest breast that Aerie have ever used. Go Natalie, like that's a huge win. Um, you know, and we're pushing those boundaries and, you know, we're requiring bigger sizes and we want to make sure every woman feels represented. So there is always more to be done. And as intimidating as that can be, or sometimes disheartening it can be. And I think you feel this as well, Jenna. It's like, there's so much to be done. Oh my goodness. You know, let it just excite us and let us figure out, you know what, even if this isn't my challenge or if maybe this isn't something I can do, there's someone out there that is going to do this and is going to stand up and is going to be that representation. And that's for us to help empower them and help them to realize that they will be that power or they will be that change. So I know I've di- di- divulged from my story, no, but um, no. this we can is, get back to questions. Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's why I am the way I am. So, yeah. 
As gold diggers, we have a lot on our plate, and I've always wanted to have the conversation about mental health, which is why I am so excited to announce today's show is sponsored by a company called Talkspace. It's an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it, affording it, or prioritizing it in the past. I get it. You're busy. But with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Remember that therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical everyday strategies for stress management resulting in living a happier life. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Gold Digger and use the code Gold Digger to get $45 off your first month and show support for this show. That's Gold Digger and you can get it at Talkspace.com slash Gold Digger. Thanks again to Aerie for sponsoring this episode of Gold Digger. Iskra and I are both proud to partner with Aerie as Aerie Real Role Models, positions that allow us to empower women through real talks and special events throughout the country. Aerie Real means something different to everyone. For me, when I was named the newest Aerie Real Role Model, it was literally a dream come true. Seriously, getting to empower women to work with a company whose focus is on representing all women to redefine beauty standards and show up unretouched, not just in images, but in life, it's pretty much the best thing ever. I want to hear from you too. Share what makes you airy real and tag your unretouched photos and videos online. Just tag airy. Head on over to airy.com to learn more about this movement. Will you share a little bit about the recent campaign that came out with Ari? Because I know both of us were just shook in such a beautiful way of seeing all these women show up and just kind of share a little bit about that because it is making waves like we knew it would. But just walking into that store and seeing all those images and your mother was a part of the campaign. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Do you not feel honored? Like I feel so honored to even just be get to be included in that and you know some people want to be on the cover of Vogue some people want to do xyz yo I was in the most progressive positive inspiring campaign that the world has ever seen yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it out there like this has not been done before Um, and I think the most beautiful part of it was seeing all of these women who were just completely unique just so beautiful in their own way and they came to set and half of them were terrified I knew some of them even made themselves sick they were terrified I mean it's terrifying being in your underwear knowing that you're not going to be retouched then wondering is this going to be in store for the whole world to see is it going to be on Times Square am I going to be blown up and there, there was so much you know fear around this uh, going into it um and you know I was there and I got to speak to the girls firsthand that I got to shoot with. And yeah, they were terrified, but they were also beyond excited because they knew the impact it was going to have. 
And there's no better feeling than going into something knowing that it's going to inspire someone else. Um, And all of these women, regardless of their fears, they showed up for themselves and they showed up for every other person that they know needed to see that representation. And they went there and they celebrated themselves. They celebrated the movement. They celebrated real. And that's what it was. It was just a love fest. Like it seriously was. Everyone was having a love fest. They were seeing the beauty in each other and not letting that take away from the beauty that they had. And as women, we're often pitted against each other. We're kind of from a young age told to kind of compete or base our value system and our worth on how we look. And we just said, F that, like we're all awesome. We're all beautiful because we're different and we're going to show that. And we're going to hopefully, like you've, you've said, enable and give permission for everyone else that views these images um, and that is in this world to celebrate the real them. And that's how I'd say it feels. If you haven't gone into an airy store yet or seen the campaign, go online right now, go into a store right now and just see all of these women and A lot of them have really struggled with either self-esteem issues, with illnesses, with so many different things that could have stopped them from feeling like they were good enough. They're standing up and they're saying, I know I'm good enough. I've always been good enough and I will continue to be because I'm me and I'm allowing you to feel the same way. And that's the feeling that we want. So many photo shoots, and as a model, I know this because I've seen it firsthand, are about elitism, exclusivity, saying, you know, you have to aspire to look like this or to own this bag or to have this lifestyle. It's the opposite. We're instead saying we want you to feel good as you are, who you are right now. Um, And that is what the movement is. And so there are no barriers to entry. You know, we're saying, we're all here. You're all here. You're all good enough just the way you are. And that for me is the most empowering message. And I could not be more proud to be in this campaign, but also to have met all of these incredible women who have all taught me something about myself and about the world and given me so much of an open mind. And again, just making me less and less judgmental, but more aware of just how we should treat each other and how we should value each other and how we need to celebrate ourselves and each other to all make such a positive impact. So yeah, this campaign rocks. It's so good. It's just so cool too to watch people look at the images and to kind of find someone or some shape or some color that is like representative of them. And, you know, I think for so long, just like you said, you look at campaigns and you never saw yourself being represented. And I remember the first time I met you, you said to people, if you do not see yourself being represented, you are the representation. And I think that this campaign sums up that quote in a million ways, in so many amazing ways. And it's just uh, like when I see those pictures, it just makes me want to ball. <laughs> I know, honestly, the comments, you know, the comments, I, yeah, girls just automatically just tearing up, mm-hmm. just feeling. Like imagine, you know, Aries creates something that just makes people feel, you know, finally seen for the first time, finally heard. Just It's just such a wonderful, wonderful movement. And there's so much that's happened in the last five years with Aries. And I remember I've spoken to the team so much and I've said, you know, these girls want to be in the campaign. So the difference is most girls don't think that they could be a model 
because they've been told or they haven't been shown that they could be a model in the campaign. But when Aerie started their Aerie Real campaigns, girls started messaging me saying, how can I be an Aerie model? I finally believe I could be up there. I see myself in you. I know I can do this too. That's never happened before. So I remember sharing this with the Aerie team and I was like, we need to get these girls in the campaign because they want to be part of this. Like this is the only time like people have really genuinely felt that they could be up there celebrating themselves and felt like they deserved to be part of this campaign. Everyone deserves to feel represented, but no one ever believed that they could. Um, and so that was a huge shift. And I remember saying, we have to run a competition. You know, it's going to make them feel so included. You know, they are part of the brand. Let's show that. Let's let's make these images happen. And it's always been such a, a tricky thing to do. Logistically, to be honest, logistically, I think that can hold a lot of companies back. But I remember when they finally said, we're doing it, we're running a competition and real girls are going to be in the campaign. I was like, oh my goodness, so huge. All of these girls, hundreds and hundreds of girls who have been messaging me for years saying that they wanted to see themselves in the campaign. It's actually happening. And I mean, it just shows like that it's, it was a ripple and in the, and now it's just this huge wave and I'm so excited to see what we do next and how we keep pushing forward because you know this has been this is major this is life changing this is industry changing it's it's basically kind of showing every other brand like hey we did this time for you to step up too like it, it's no excuses like it's really showing because so many people think not sure people genuinely say this all the time like models sell like real women don't sell and it's like well, uh hi we're here we're you know sales are booming for airy we're doing well and guess what we're doing good things important things and we're caring about our consumer we care about the images she's consuming, about how she feels when she shops. I mean, even down to the designers. There's designers in the campaign, but you know, I've spoken to the designers at the New York base and they said, we are thinking about how that girl feels when she puts on her leggings. We're thinking you know, about these panties that we want her to wear them for her, not for having to feel sexy for a man. Like there's so many other uh, messages of you know, self-acceptance and self-worth that Aerie is putting out that are just not requiring you to be anything but yourself. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot more to it, I feel like as well. Like Aerie works so hard from the core. It is in their DNA. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to empower you all. So good, good things ahead. One thing that I value so much about you and just your story and the way that you've pushed through. And I think that not a lot of people understand all of the no's. And I hear so often from people, you know, I tried that once and it didn't work. Or I I reached out and they said no. And so what would you tell our listeners today if they've had a door closed in their face or if they've heard no so many times that they've believed that is their answer? How do you push through and get to where you know you're being called to be? Mm, I love that. I love that so much. And I think one of the main things is that initial no that you get that's going to give you that sinking feeling in your stomach, that's going to want to make you cry, that's going to make you feel like you just have to give up because you'll never do it. I always say embrace every feeling, every emotion, accept it, but don't harbor that. That was a passing moment, right? Now I'm back to work. Yep, 
okay, they might say no, but maybe I just didn't convince them enough. I think a lot of the time people have to be 100% in belief or thinking it's the right idea. And that's really hard to do to get someone 100% on board. If someone's iffy at all, if they have a question in their mind, they're probably going to say no to either protect themselves or to not have to take a risk. Um, or they're also terrified of failure. So that no for me is just a not right now or a let's get more creative. Let's sit down. Let me brainstorm how I can go there and really convince them. I also question myself as well when I get a no. I'm like, do I fully believe in what I'm talking about? Or do I fully believe this is what I'm meant to be doing? And, you know, sometimes I have taken gone down the wrong path. Sometimes I have gone down the wrong route. Sometimes I have had to say, okay, clearly this wasn't meant to happen. What you know, this wasn't right for me, but let me figure out what it was I was meant to be doing and pursuing and working on and building. But I think, you know, we're in this day and age where, you know, it's it's too easy to let a no stop you. You know, don't be that person. Like you are resilient, you are strong. There is so much that you are capable of. Don't let that no stop you. You know, it's a tiny little roadblock. You know, um, quite often it might just be that one person. Maybe you need to speak to someone else or maybe you need a little bit more time to develop yourself or your idea or your business and then go back there, you know, when you are fully ready or you can go back there stronger. And quite often if you've got a no and you go back and try again, they're going to have so much respect for you and you can only come back and just give it your all. I've I've met so many girls who, especially, you know, with the modeling industry, are like, oh, but, you know, an agency, you know, didn't take me on. And I was like, listen, I would say at least 10 agencies didn't take me on. If I would have listened to them, people don't always know what's best for you. You have to figure out what your path is. Um, and yeah, your because also you've got to protect yourself. I never want anyone to get to the point where they just feel so deflated. Like you have to have those protections in place. You have to have your cheerleaders surrounding you, support wherever you can. Um, but just just always keep that self-worth and that value in knowing you are doing the best you can and keep trying, keep trying. Nothing is going to happen overnight unless you're very, very, very lucky. I think that it's not realistic how often we're told these success stories online in magazines that, you know, and she, she just got found or it happened overnight, overnight success. Like I really don't believe that exists anywhere um, mm-hmm. in any company. You know, I have a, a friend that got super upset because she thought she was going to get a job promotion. She never actually applied for the job promotion or even let her seniors know that she wanted it. You know, how can you complain about that? You know, you've got to ask, you've got to, um, you know, even if she didn't get it, you know, fight that and say, you know, what could I have done? Well, you needed to apply or whatever it might have been. Like you've got to keep showing up for yourself. Um, you are at the end of the day going to be your biggest number one fan. You know, um, that's definitely something I've kept in mind. And if I don't have that belief in me, how else is someone else going to have any belief in me? like you said, it takes a, a long, long time to get there and keep investing in yourself and maybe stack up those no's. You know what? The fact that I can picture and remember all those times I got a no and now I've proved them wrong and now I am where I am, that's empowering to me. That's like, you know what? I knew what I could do. I knew what I was capable of and I kept going. So 
see that as a reward. The harder it is to get there, the more rewarding and fulfilling it's going to be. So also let those struggles, let those obstacles teach you a lesson. Let them make you even more hungry for it. Let them be your fuel sometimes. And then, yeah, get more creative. Be humble. Ask for help. I think that's a huge one. Make sure you've got mentors. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with a diverse group of friends or mentors who can teach you different things, help you see different angles and different ways that you can work around things. Age, I think age is a really important one. You know, if you're just within your age group, there's certain things that you're going to be talking about and learning. But if you start diversifying and speaking to people who are much older than you, who have a much greater experience, not just in life, but in career, maybe in what you want to go into, ask them for help, ask them for advice. Um, that's That's been a huge thing for me as well. And again, sitting down with my agency constantly, having my short-term, mid-term, long-term plans, having my mood boards and brainstorming sessions and vision boards so that I can keep in touch with me going forward, taking steps forward. And even if um, I fall off or go, you know, end up going backwards a little bit, knowing that this is what I'm working towards. All of those things will help when you have a no, having that grounding, that foundation, that substance, that, right, what am I going to do now? That's what I'd say. Where can everyone connect with you? Because after this, everyone's going to want to know Iskra even more. (laughs) Oh, well, obviously, my my biggest connection point is Instagram. Um, It's just at Iskra. Um, But I do have a YouTube and that is also, you know, youtube.com forward slash Iskra. Um, I will be getting more active on there again. I've moved house and um, I am such a big advocate for self-care. I was very aware of not overwhelming myself, not committing to something and saying, I must do a video every single week. If I can't do it, it's okay. The world's still going to go on. You know, I've, I've given my given a lot of my own energy and a lot of my time to creating content. If I'm not always able to do it, that's absolutely fine. And I know that everyone who supports me and all my followers are so awesome. They want me to make sure I'm looking after myself. But I do have a ton of videos on there. A lot of self-care videos. One video that a lot of people like watching. Um, well, there's two actually. Three actually. Sorry. <laughs> I've got my TEDx talk. Again, that was on my vision board for years. Um, and I started really using positive attitude. Positive, what, what is positive that word, words Jen? Positive affirmation. That, and also positive mental attitude. Go. That one is, there <laughs> Lots we of go. positivity. Um, lots of positivity. <laughs> I was like, instead of being like, I'd like to do a TED Talk. I'm going to. I'm going to do a TED talk like switch that up everybody right now whatever you uh, and you've got to truly want it though like don't bullshit yourself like you you know you can't bullshit yourself at the end of the day that's just not going to happen so be really honest if you really think that you are going to climb Kilimanjaro start saying it I am going to you know if you're going to quit your job and become your own boss do it, say it. Um, And I think you've got to hold accountability for yourself. I think it's great sharing it with friends who are also going to support and believe you. Start telling them as well. And they're going to support you. And they're going to be like, hell yeah, can't wait to watch your TED talk. You know, it's going to happen. Um, So I started doing that. And sure enough, and the most beautiful reason I got the opportunity to do a TED talk was that the professor of the university who organizes these um, in Nevada, his daughter 
is apparently like a fan. She is someone who was inspired by me and who said to her dad, she was only 20, she said to her dad, this girl needs to have a TED Talk. Dad, please make it happen. And so when I heard that that was the reason he was getting in touch with me, I was like, I'm down. This is exactly what I hoped the opportunity would be. I wasn't rushing it. I wasn't pushing it. Um, it organically kind of came to be for the, exactly the right reasons. And, you know, there was no better feeling than that. So definitely check out my TED Talk. It's very much the theme is not chasing perfection. And again, that can relate to so many people in so many different ways. That might be having the perfect relationship. That might be having the perfect career, looking perfect, acting perfect, you know, being the perfect friend. There are so many levels to perfection that we've held ourselves to or that we've seen in films and movies and magazines. And it's not real. And to hold yourself to that is just super damaging. And you just don't need to like give yourself a break. You know, you just deserve to like, you know, just be okay some days, be 100% other days, be feeling my absolute crap as well. Like you just deserve to just be feeling and validated for exactly how you are in this moment. And so my TED talk, again, I think Jen, it was just the permission to be yourself. Um, so that is hopefully something that you can all watch and I hope you enjoy. Um, I have another video where I strip down to my underwear slash swimwear on the New York subway. Did you see that I one, Jen? I have, and it's amazing. <laughs> right, so I've never seen that. responses are priceless. <laughs> they are pretty hysterical. And you know what it was? I wanted to challenge myself. I was like, I talk about confidence. I talk about being comfortable in this body. I'm going to put myself in the most terrifying position that I could imagine possible and prove that I'm about what I say I'm about. Um, and then it was literally the day after the election. And um, I think a lot of us females were very fired up and wanted to be vocal. And so I wanted to create a piece of content that was also a standpoint for me. It will be a memory for me of how I felt that day and just put something positive out there so that everyone on that subway, no matter how they were feeling, because I mean, the whole of New York City cried, I think, that day. It was very overwhelming. So let's try and create something positive from that. And I really feel like females have. Oh my goodness, this last year was me too. And look where we are this year. So much positive change has happened. It's just fantastic. And I couldn't be more proud to be a female right now and to see everyone standing up, being vocal, um, using their voices, their power for such good and to help each other. So yeah. Um, and the final video is one about posing. Um, I've been wanting to do a video like that for the longest time. And it was tricky. And I still feel like some people have interpreted it the way I didn't feel I wanted it to be interpreted. Because I was trying to say, I'm a model. I know how to pose. I've been doing it for 13, 14 years. I'm going to show you the tricks and the things people are doing to change the way their body looks online, especially on Instagram. There is definitely a whole range of tricks for certain to make you look more curvy because that's in right now, you know, the if, if it's not surgery that people are kind of talking about it's it's just the body shapes and having these unrealistic measurements and whatever else it might be you know there's a lot of pressure right now to look like you know the world's most famous family I hear a lot of young people talking about that 
And I just wanted to show them. I was like, look at this pose. Like it makes my bum look bigger. It makes my hips look curvier. This pose can make me look like I've got a thigh gap or just moving my arm like this can make my arm look half the size. Like I just wanted to reveal all of those things that I knew. And I wondered, does everyone else know this? Or is it just because I've been modeling this long or that I can see it when I look at Instagram, I can see that, you know, everything looks more exaggerated because of the posing they're doing. Um, And so, yeah, I wanted to create a video around that. I think anytime that you feel like, I don't know if people know this, or I think I should share this, you should go for it. That's how I feel. Even if people might interpret it wrong, there are going to be a bunch of people who are going to be thankful for it and learn something from it. And I think that's really a wonderful chance we have on social media is to share and educate and inspire and connect and all these other wonderful things. So never lose touch of that. Never lose touch of what you can bring to the table because at the end of the day, only you are you, only you have your thoughts, only you have your talents and passions and personality. So there's always something that you can bring to the table. Thank you so much for coming on. I have been so excited to have you on. And oh my gosh, I'm already texting my team saying this episode is amazing. (laughs) When can we put it out there? So just thank you for showing up just as you always do in such a way that just really inspires everyone who gets to hear from you. Are you kidding me, Jenna? Like, thank you for allowing us to have this platform to share. Um, and I saw as well how many women are so inspired. Women, women and men, everyone is so inspired by what you're doing. And yeah, giving people that space, giving them the, the wherever they are, they're able to listen to this. How beautiful is that? And thank you, thank you. I just can't thank you enough. And um, I'm so excited that you're an area real role model. Um, couldn't ask for a, a better advocate for female empowerment. You're teaching the world so many important things and staying positive and allowing people to be themselves every step of the way. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to learn more from you as well. I think that's a huge thing. I'm grateful that I get to, sorry, everyone. I know you get to know Jenna on the podcast. I've got to hear her IRL and I've gotten to learn so much from her already. And I hope to continue to do that. So Sending you lots of love, girl. Can't oh, wait to I see know. you next. If everyone wants to check out the campaign that Iskra was talking about that we were both a part of, just head to Aerie.com. You are going to be just blown away by the beauty that you see and how we're really challenging that definition of beauty in the most incredible way. And so check out Aerie.com. And until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I mean, it's impossible to sum this woman up. <laughs> I just wanted to hang on the line with her for so long because Iskra really invites people to just come alive. And whenever I'm with her, I'm always just so encouraged by what she has to say. Like she has not been afraid to step into her truth and to own the things that make her awesome and to tell the world yes when it's telling her no. And I just think that we need more of that. I think that we have become too shy, too timid, too deterred by the word no. And we have to continue to step into that truth to really honor the calling that we've been given. Now, some of my favorite things about Iskra is that she was told she was too much or too little. And she still said and believed and owned the fact that she could create her own way. And I think that a lot of times we just look at other people and instead of seeing their success as a reflection of what our potential is, we try to follow in their path. 
But I heard this quote once and I love it. And it's, if the path is well paved and well lit, it's probably not your path. And so I hope today hearing Iskra's story and just the way that she stepped into her own truth and encouraged thousands and millions and hundreds of people along the way, man, it really should show you that whether you have one follower or a million followers, you have this platform and you have a voice. And so thank you to Iskra for showing up for us in really big ways. I am so proud to be working alongside of you, sister, and I cannot wait to see what is next. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.